He had a photographic memory. Frequently, he'd host stump the professor gatherings with his students, and they never could. He remembered everything he ever read. Wish I could say that. And this gift made C.S. Lewis a one-of-a-kind brain, not just an author. Clive Staples Lewis. Friends called him Jack. He was the creator of the much-beloved and read Chronicles of Narnia series. To test his memory, he would invite students into his office, where every book he had ever read was on the shelf, and they were to read a line, just one, and Lewis would tell them exactly the line before and the line after. And you know what? He was never stumped. Incredible memory. Maybe that explains the rich illusions in his writings. And though the Lord remembers every sin we've ever committed, he promises to forget them all and forgives us if we repent and turn to Jesus. Our Father cancels our legal debt, nailing it on the cross of Jesus. Hallelujah. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story with you that's all about Jesus. And we're continuing a program series called Into the Wardrobe. Yesterday, we met up with the director of the radio drama The Chronicles of Narnia, and we listened to a few scenes from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. When little Lucy first arrived in Narnia, it was cold and snowy. In fact, it had been that way for a long time. Summer couldn't come because the White Witch had cast an evil spell over the land. But eventually, that spell was broken by the Christ figure of the story, Aslan the lion. Even before he defeated the witch, the snow began to melt and summer began to arrive. In a moment, we're going to dive into Narnia ourselves, as well as the Bible. And we're going to see how Aslan the lion leads us to Jesus through C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. I asked the writer and the director of this drama, Paul McKesker, how these books point us to Jesus. Of the seven, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe relied most heavily on, of course, the the Jesus narrative. Aslan is a Christ type. You have the stone table scene. The table has been broken in two. And where's Aslan? Which, of course, the stone table harkens to the Old Testament and a whole mosaic reality. But of course, we know it as sacrifice, a, a sacrificial and a very redemptive sacrifice, and points to the cross. They might have left the body alone. <laughs> Who's done it? What does it mean? Is it more magic? <laughs> yes. It is more magic. Aslan? Oh, Aslan! Aren't you dead then? Not now. What's fascinating to me is when you move into all of the other books, they have spiritual truth just sprinkled throughout. Who are you? One who has waited long for you. It's almost like once he said, great, now I've got the, the sort of the crucifixion, redemptive narrative told here. Now let me explore what it is to be a Christian through Prince Caspian, through Don Treader, through Magician's Nephew, and all the rest of them. 
Writer and director Paul McCusker, who brought the Narnia stories to life for Focus on the Family's radio theater. Did you know he also helped create Adventures in Odyssey, that radio program that's been running for over 30 years now? Stay with me. And in a moment, we're going to hear more excerpts from the other stories set in Narnia. After the program, I want to send you the collector's set of the Chronicles of Narnia audio drama series. The audio production of all seven books is cinema of the mind, and it's full of rich Christian imagery that'll help you start conversations with children as well as grown children about the great story that's all about Jesus. As you listen, it'll resonate with your faith in Christ and bring you much joy. So for your minimum gift to the ministry, I want to send you a special edition collector's tin that contains all seven original stories and nearly 22 hours of entertainment is my thank you for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. Just call us after the program, would you? The number is 800-654-2836. Or listen to samples of the production online when you visit our website and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Now let's start the program with Leland and the Lion and the Lamb. He's coming on the clouds, kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break as broken hearts declare His praise. For who can stop the Lord
A song that so fits our theme today, The Lion and the Lamb, sung by Leland from their Invisible album. You're listening to Haven Today, and we're calling the program Into the Wardrobe. And as I said earlier, we looked at the first book that C.S. Lewis wrote in the Narnia series yesterday, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Aslan is the Christ figure in that story. And it's so powerful to hear David Suchet act out the voice of that mighty lion. In The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, that's the third book in the Chronicles of Narnia, Lewis lets his readers in on a secret. He has Aslan appear to the children as a lamb first, and then as a lion, towering above them and scattering light from his mane. And Lucy asks him when they can come back to Narnia again, and Aslan tells her very gently that she must return to her own world and never come back to Narnia. You don't read these books long to realize the biblical connections. Well, Lucy sobs. She's a little girl. It isn't Narnia, you know. It's you, speaking to Aslan. We shan't meet you there. How can we live never meeting you? And Aslan tells her, but you shall meet me, dear one. But there I have another name. You must learn to know me by that name. This was the very reason why you were brought to Narnia, that by knowing me here for a little while, you may know me better there. Aslan, the central figure of Narnia. He's what it's all about. Just like the Son of God is the central figure in the real world in which we live in today, Jesus is the central truth of existence, and everything else only starts to make sense when we see it in relationship to him. That's what the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 1, 15 through 17. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before God made anything at all and is supreme over all creation. Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and earth. He made the things that we can see and the things we can't see. Kings, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities. Everything has been created through him and for him. He existed before everything else began, and he holds all creation together. In other words... Christ is the truth about everything. He's what it's all about. He has first place in all things. He rules. He's the Lion of Judah. One of C.S. Lewis's young fans in America wrote to him and asked in a letter how he came up with the name for Aslan. And Lewis wrote back and said, Dear Carol, I found the name in the note to Lane's Arabian Nights. It is Turkish for lion. And of course, I really meant the Lion of Judah. Well, the Lion of Judah first shows up in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, when Jacob, the patriarch, is going down the list of his 12 sons, and he's offering a prophecy about each of them. And when he gets to Judah, he says, you are a lion's cub, O Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is his. That's in Genesis 49. In other words, Judah's line will produce a line of kings, and out of that line of kings will come the one true king, the one to whom the scepter belongs, 
the one who was appointed by God to rule the earth. Like Jacob said, the obedience of all the nations is his. The Gospels of Matthew and Luke trace Jesus' ancestry directly from Judah. He's the one, the one Jacob was talking about, the promised ruler, the Lion of Judah. And a lion, of course, is not something to trifle with. Lions inspire awe and respect. Like Jacob said, who dares to rouse him? Lewis manages to capture this in his Aslan figure. You get that feel of awe and fear when you see how the characters respond to the lion. The little dwarf Trumpkin is a nice enough fellow, but he thinks Aslan is just a fairy tale. And then when he encounters the real Aslan in the story, he realizes just how foolish he has been when Aslan summons him into his presence. And now, where is this little dwarf, this famous swordsman and archer who does not believe in lions? Um, Come here, son of Earth. But, 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 uh... Come here! The children, who knew Aslan well enough to see that he liked the dwarf very much, were not disturbed. But it was quite another thing for Trumpkin, who'd never seen a lion before, let alone this lion. Aslan pounced. Have you ever seen a very young kitten being carried in the mother cat's mouth? It was like that. The dwarf, hunched up in a little miserable ball, hung from Aslan's mouth. The lion gave him one shake, and all his armor rattled like a tinker's pack, and then, presto, the dwarf flew up in the air. He was as safe as if he'd been in bed, but he didn't feel so. As he came down, the huge velvety paws caught him as gently as a mother's arms and set him right way up on the ground. Son of her. Shall we be friends? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Now the moon is setting. Look behind you. There is the dawn beginning. We have no time to lose. You three, you sons of Adam and son of Earth, hasten into the mound and deal with what you will find there. Yes, Aslan. Yes, Aslan. But what do you want us to do, Aslan? Wait and watch. This is Haven Today, and just a little excerpt from the CD series that we have this week from The Chronicles of Narnia, from an acclaimed radio theater drama and the Chronicles of Narnia book called Prince Caspian. That's how the Lord puts us right. He teaches us to fear him. He puts us in our place, and then he invites us to become his friend. We're never quite right until that happens to us. We're always fools until we learn the beginning of wisdom, which is the fear of the Lord. But it's not a fear that drives us away. It's a fear that draws us, that makes him beautiful and makes his friendship something awesome, something we can scarcely believe. 
we can have joy. In Hosea 11.10, the Lord says that he will roar for his children like a lion. And when he roars, his children will return to him trembling. When we've seen the Lord as he is, as the lion whose roar makes us tremble, who became the lamb sacrificed for our sins, then we've seen the truth. And that changes everything. In the fifth book of the Chronicles of Narnia, a little boy named Shasta meets this lion and he asks him, Who are you? Myself. Myself. The mist was turning from black to grey to white. This must have begun to happen some time ago, while he'd been talking to the thing. He knew the night was over at last. A golden light fell on him from the left. He thought it was the sun. He turned and saw, pacing beside him, Taller than the horse, a lion. It was from the lion that the light came. No one ever saw anything more terrible or beautiful. Of course, Shasta had lived all his life too far south in Kalorman to have heard the stories about Aslan, the great lion, the sun the emperor over the sea, the king above all high kings in Narnia. But after one glance at the lion's face, he slipped out of the saddle and fell at his feet. He couldn't say anything, but then he didn't want to say anything, and he knew he needn't say anything. The high king above all kings stooped towards him, its mane and some strange and wonderful perfume that hung about the mane was all round him. It touched Shasta's forehead with its tongue. Shasta lifted his face and their eyes met. Then instantly the pale brightness of the mist and the fiery brightness of the lion rolled themselves together in a swirling glory and gathered themselves up and disappeared. Now, that's an excerpt from The Horse and His Boy, the fifth book in the Chronicles of Narnia. C.S. Lewis could have been describing his own experience when he met the Lion of Judah. That word, myself, that he puts on Aslan's lips is an echo of the I am that Jesus takes on his lips. It's the name of God in the Bible. Lewis's description of Shasta's meeting with Aslan could have been a description of his own meeting with the Lion of Judah when he realized that Jesus was not just a myth or a fairy tale but that Christ Jesus was the very real high king above all kings who was drawing him, who was compelling him to believe. So I need to just ask you, 
Have you met him? Have you met this Lion of Judah, this high king above all kings? Have you felt the trembling gladness of being in the presence of the great I Am? C.S. Lewis wrote the Narnia tales so children and grown-ups could meet Jesus in the world in which they lived. And he wrote about him under the guise of Aslan the Lion. What can we do? Well, I think we can meet the real Lion of Judah, who is still alive in the world in which we live. Who is he with the eyes that burn like fire? Who is he all the wonder he inspires? Who is he? He bore the guilt and shame. Going back to the early 1990s, but a song very relevant for today's message. The Maranatha Praise Band and their song, The Lion and the Lamb, here on Haven Today and Into the Wardrobe. The Chronicles of Narnia, though some might think these stories are merely children's tales, this unique series has brought joy to millions of children and adults over more than the last half century. C.S. Lewis even said a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children is not a very good children's story in the slightest. These stories entertain, but more importantly, they also lead you to Jesus. And I hope you were with us for the entire program and heard some of the samples from the production. The CDs were recorded in London with cinema-quality sound and an all-star cast of actors from stage and screen. I believe not only you, but everyone you know in your family or outside your family will enjoy listening to these CDs in the car or maybe working out or listening on a lunch break. As you listen, these stories will resonate with your faith. I think they'll bring joy to your heart as well. So for your minimum gift to the ministry, I want to send you a special edition collector's tin that contains all seven original stories on 19 discs. That's nearly 22 hours of listening as my thanks for your gift to the ministry. All you need to do is just call us right now at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or head over to our website and listen to samples from the production and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you still would like to get The Chosen, that DVD series on the life of Christ, we still have that for your minimum gift to this ministry. Ask about it when you call or listen to samples when you visit haventoday.org. 
I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll be sharing together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's a question I think about from time to time. Where is God? Why can't I see Him? We're not the only ones who long to see God. Just think back to Moses in Exodus 33. He was able to talk with the Lord, and he said, Please, show me your glory. The Lord wouldn't let him. Anyone who sees me in my glory will die. It's too much for us to take it all in at once. Moses saw God's back that day. But the good news is that Jesus Christ came so we will one day see God because we will see Jesus. Moses only saw the Lord's backside and Christ will see him face to face. Get Anchor devotional and print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.